Welcome back to a new episode of Career Day, the podcast. We're back after an extended holiday slash end of marking period break. I'm your host, Adam Zigner, a business teacher at Carlisle High School here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, today, I'm joined by Emil Pagliarula. Uh, Emil is currently the design director for Bethesda Game Studios. So, Emil, welcome in today. Um, video game design, uh, specifically your job as a design instructor, might not be something that a lot of my students are familiar with. But in your own words, uh, tell us what tell us what it is. Uh, so, as the design director, I'm sort of I oversee the design department. Uh, you know, not only in our our central Rockville office, but also our other studios as well. Um, I coordinate with them, and so it, I it's a little bit weird because we have we wear a lot of hats. So I'm actually I'm the lead designer of Starfield as well, uh, and so sometimes the line blurs between the two jobs, but the the design director position is my overall studio position. Awesome. So how long have you been involved in uh, game design? I've been in game design. I've been in the video game industry now for about 25 years, about 23 of those as a game designer. Um, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, you know, everything, every time I've done one of these, um, the first thing my kids want to know, what does a typical day look like for you? Wow, that's a good question. You know, the typical day has changed right during COVID too. You know, today my day was like, I roll out of bed, I get some Dunkins from Uber Eats and I go upstairs to my computer and I start working. Uh, you know, it's, it very much depends on the, um, where a game is in development. There are generally three different um, big periods of, of developing a video game. There's pre-production, uh, full production, and then beta, which is sort of towards the end. Um, and so in pre-production, it's a lot of documentation and idea work. Full production we're in now is just a lot of what I do because I oversee the design department. I'm, you know, I'm going back and forth constantly with the designers on, on their quests, on their ideas, on their gameplay stuff. And I'm playing the game constantly and coming back to them and, and trying to revise stuff. Like, you know, for example, this weekend I, I had an idea and I like excitedly sent it off to one of our designers, you know, and, and so we could talk about it this morning and we just had that conversation. So it's, it, it varies a lot. And that's, and that's, you know, one of my follow-ups there was, you know, definitely having uh, varied typical days. Uh, is that something yeah, that, um, you know, we're talking now in my career class about uh, finding parts of careers that interest you was having a day that wasn't necessarily always typical, something you kind of set out looking for. Not re I mean, honestly, not really. And uh, it, it's, it would actually surprise you when we're back in the office and working. I think people come and vi visit a video game studio and they're expecting, you know, Nerf Wars in the hallways. And, you know, and a lot of it is it's kind of boring to walk around because it's a lot of people at their desk working very hard. Um, so while the things I work on change on a, on a daily basis, the actual um, the actual act of like getting down and working with a team that is the thing that is the same every day. And that's the part that's actually the best part of it all. That's awesome. So uh, video games, game design, was this kind of always the plan for you? Was this always the field you wanted to get involved with? No. In fact, I was, uh, I was in graduate school. I was going to become a teacher, actually. I was on a track to become an elementary school teacher. And I sort of 
when I, I got a job offer, it was part-time. And then I had the opportunity to make it full-time, which would have meant dropping out of school and uh, abandoning my dream to be a teacher. And I decided to do that. And I've been on that path ever since. That's what I'm, I'm sort of the opposite of that. I actually spent about, I spent about seven or eight years working uh, privately in purchasing and logistics. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, for, for a couple, couple different companies and knew in, in the back of my head, you know, I always wanted to, I've been coaching sports since I was 18, you know, always wanted, always wanted to teach and I'd always found a reason not to do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot, and like a lot of people, I ended up uh, making a change at the start of the pandemic and deciding this is, you know, the route I wanted to take. So I've been teaching now almost a year um, full time here. So it's, you know, it definitely, you know, life isn't always what we think it's going to be when we set out on, on that path. That's something that I've definitely, <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. I've definitely tried to kind of impart that piece on my kids a lot is that, yeah. you know, you may know what you want to do right now, but that could change in the, in the blink of an eye. I mean, I, my kids are at the point now where they're, they're looking to go to college, they're leaving high school and I'm having the same conversations with them. So, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you set out, you know, you're going to, going to be a teacher, had this part-time opportunity. What made you decide to take that leap into, you know, game design as a career and dropping out of school? You know, it was a, it was just a dream. It was something that I, I in the back of my head, like work, you have to understand that if this is like, you know, 25 years ago, whatever, there was no video game career path. You know, this was just something you locked into or, and, and I had, I didn't even know you could do this as a job. Um, I actually started off reviewing video games. I did that for two years before I became a designer. And so uh, it, it, to me, it was just like, if there's a way I can do this professionally, there's no way I'm doing something else. And that Absolutely. hasn't changed. And that's, and that's, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, trying to turn your passions uh, in, into a career and, you know, finding, finding a way to do that is something that, you know, a lot of people definitely strive for and something that you have, you know, found to be, you know, yeah, well, you know, it's funny because when I, when I think about what I actually do, like when I think of, you know, the games we put out like Skyrim or, or Fallout 4, the approach that I've taken with designing those games is actually, it's going to sound funny, but the most relevant skill I have from when I was growing up was being a Dungeons and, Dra Dungeons and Dragons uh, DM, being a dungeon master. And when I was like 13 or 14, I actually still draw to this day. I draw my maps the same way I used to. The symbology I use for the maps is a, is a symbology in the D&D &D books from way back when. So it's like, you know, being true to yourself in your interest and what you really want to do, um, you really can do that as a job if, you're, if you stick with it and are passionate about it. That's what you mentioned that. I have to laugh. We uh, recently, one of our, we, uh, the other teacher here, uh, Mr. Conklin and I actually combined uh, two of our classes to do a uh, board game creation project. Nice. Um, and we had a group who there was a couple, two of the four kids were interested and they, they've played a lot of D and D and they actually created a uh, mini version of the game, like kind of like a, like a, a quick play version, if you will. Um, and they, uh, they won our, uh, what I would call shark tank. Uh, <laughs> we had, we had all our principals come in and invest, you know, a, a fictional Thanks. million dollars and, that, that group yeah. actually won despite, I believe, zero of our principals having any interaction in their life with D&D, &D, but wow. the enthusiasm that the kids brought to their presentation and to the oh. game itself, you know, really carried them. Absolutely. 
Um, and I actually want to take one quick left turn off of, you know, what we initially yeah. were talking about. Um, you know, as, as a manager, you mentioned, you know, working on a, working on a team and kind of overseeing that team. Um, yeah. Again, was that something that you initially saw yourself doing? No. And in fact, that was something I transitioned into. You know, when I started in the industry, I was a designer. I started, I started working on a game, uh, a series called Thief, um, which was basically played as a medieval thief. And, and I did a lot of level design work. I wrote a little bit of dialogue, but most of that was working in tool making levels. And when I went to Bethesda, um, I started working on uh, the, the add-on to, uh, to Morrowind, then Oblivion, some fantasy games, and then Fallout. And then when Fallout 3 came around, which is our big game, that was my for first leadership opportunity. Um, and so I, that's when I really started going on that sort of leadership track and sort of looking at management as something too. So I was, you know, splitting my time between making cool stuff and managing others. And now I'm like, you know, kept going in that management track, but it was never, it was never something I looked for. But the thing about making video games is that it is the ultimate team sport. And so you can't do anything alone. You're always working within a team. Awesome. And, you know, that's a, that's a good segue into my next question. Um, you know, you're somebody who is, who has actually, you know, received an, an award for the work you've done, um, you know, specifically the best writing award for in 2008 at the game developers choice awards uh, for yeah. fallout three, like you mentioned, um, you know, how important was that for you to receive that, you know, validation for something that you actually accomplished in your career? I'll tell you, I'm, I, that's a really great question. I'm glad you asked that. It was, I, re I remember being on stage, accepting that award and everything. And I'll tell you, it was awesome, but it was less about personal validation. And it was more about, I was representing our designers and we had, you know, the fallout games had been very different games before then. And we had acquired the license and we had a lot of detractors in the community who didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off. And so there was a lot of stress amongst the designers. Like, are we doing the right thing? And you know, I, I received the, the award, but, you know, it's, and I, I credit it as being the lead writer, but the thing is, all of the designers are the writers. They all contributed to writing the story. So it felt so awesome, like, giving them the validation that, you know, I'm accepting this for all of you, and we did it together. That was pretty great. And, you know, validation isn't typically, you know, the reason people set out into a career. Um, but it, how has that award and that validation driven, you know, you or you and the teams you work with uh, since receiving? You know, it's, it, it's funny when you, the word validation, it sort of has a negative connotation sometimes, right? But it's, it's like it gives it give us confidence, you know, in our ability to own the franchise and to keep going. Um, and at the end of the day, the people like what we're doing. The fans enjoy our work. And so we want to keep doing it. And so that was really inspiring for everyone to continue going, um, you know, especially because after the game came out, we launched into doing downloadable content for it. And, and so we're still working on the game. And we, we went into that DLC knowing, okay, people like what we're doing. We're just going to keep doing it. it. It's, it was, it was a great boost for everyone. Absolutely. So kind of shifting gears now, again, um, through your, you know, 20 plus years in the industry, was there somebody who helped you out or inspired you as you kind of took the journey to where you are now? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I first started, it was, you know, if you're familiar with the movie uh, Goodwill Hunting, it's like, you know, the kid from South Boston goes and works with the, the MIT kids. I was actually very similar to my situation when I started working at Looking Glass. Uh, I was, you know, I was from South Boston. I, you know, I went to a community college and I, I went to Looking Glass and there were a lot of MIT grads there that I was working with. And they were the coolest, nicest people, really willing to share their ideas and everybody, so everyone's so invested in, in creativity. Uh, and it was a, you know, it was a very non-corporate creative environment, everybody helping each other out. Uh, so that really, that really sticks in my mind is what a great way to start, you know, starting by leaning into the people that have experience and know what they're doing. Awesome. Um, and then just sort of favorite, favorite thing you do in your current position, whether it be, you know, daily, whether it be big picture. I think the favorite thing I do, you know, I'm at the point now where I manage a lot and I don't, I, I don't get my hands dirty. I love when I get to do writing, you know, when I get to write dialogue, I love writing dialogue for characters, especially I love doing that. I especially love, uh, I love creative problem solving. I think that's one, that's one of my strengths. So like if a designer comes to me and says, you know, Emma, I'm trying to do this thing on this quest and it just doesn't work out. Like what, what should we do? Sitting down with them and coming out of that meeting with them being really psyched and having a really good solution. That is like the, that's why I get up in the morning. So. Awesome. And we'll, we'll kind of flip that. What about, what about difficult parts? Any, anything difficult that you have to handle, you know, in where you're at now? You know, on a COVID, you know, COVID aside, there are a lot of challenges working from home, but the biggest challenge with, you know, we make what are called AAA video games, right? Giant Xbox and PlayStation games. And it really is, you know, creativity and, and creating something is a very personal endeavor. And so when you have, you know, literally hundreds of creative people trying to get them on board with one shared vision and wrangling all that creativity into something that's a singular vision, that it's challenging, you know, like um, you have to define what the vision is, first of all. And you have to make sure that, you know, everybody feels invested that they're getting their, their creative say. Uh, you know, I think when I first started out being a leader, you know, someone would come to me with an idea that wouldn't work for the game and it would be, no, sorry. And, you know, when, when someone gets shut down like that, it's, it, 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 you know, it's detrimental in a lot of reasons. So, you know, I really have transitioned into, you know what, that idea doesn't work with the game but that this part of the idea would be awesome. Let's talk about that and develop that. And so turning a loss into a win and turning a no into a yes, that is pretty essential when you're working on these big types of games. And, and, but that, that can be the, definitely the most challenging thing. And that's, that's, you know, you're talking, you know, that's a great way to handle it. We also, we often talk about in, in classes, you know, how you handle those more delicate situations. That's, that's a great example of, you know, making sure everyone does feel valued um, in their role, you know, regardless of if what they bring to you is necessarily the right fit at this time, you know, making sure that they, they do feel that, you know, their input is, you know, is appreciated. Yeah. And I'll tell you that I, I've, I've, I've seen and heard about bad leaders in, the video game industry and everywhere else. And, you know, the one thing we do is, you know, and I think the one thing that has, has helped me and will help anyone in life is when you get to a situation like that, a difficult situation, the, 
the worst thing to do is to get angry and lose your cool. You know, everybody has emotions. And like, if you can take that out of it and sort of look at it analytically and just stay calm. And, and it's, it's actually surprising. The biggest crisis seems a lot <laughs> less disastrous when you just go into it with a calm mindset. And, you know, you realize that really any problem has a solution if you're, you just have to find it. Yeah, absolutely. So two questions to kind of end that I've been asking pretty much everybody I've talked to so far. Yeah. Um, and this, this one, this first one, especially, I have a bunch of kids who are interested in your field. I mentioned, you know, before we started, um, I, you know, I have a couple of students who are actually, you know, actively pursuing entry into the industry. Now, mm-hmm. um, do you have any advice or guidance for kids who are interested in, you know, similar jobs or getting involved in the field? Yes, absolutely. You know, when I, when I got into this industry, no one could give me that advice because it didn't exist. You know, I was a crapshoot, but today, uh, you know, there's a couple of things. The first is to identify exactly what it is you want to do in the video game industry. You know, I, I met someone once and they're like, yeah, I want to work in games. I'm gonna, I can do art and I'm going to, I like, and I can do voice acting and I'm a good designer too. And it's like, that's not really how it works. You know, it's like, you have to pick your, your, your path. And so in game development, the major, the, the disciplines are generally separated by design, art, programming, and production. And, and generally the creative aspects are really, you know, uh, design and art and, and, and code. And, and so figuring out what you want to do. Are you, do you want to make game art? Are you, are you the DM type of person that wants to do design? Or are you a programmer? And the thing is, I right before this call, I did I literally did a one-minute Google search, right? Just to go and I found, you know, Penn State has a game development program. Every school has a game development program yep. now. And you can you can do this professionally and you can this can be your career track. Um, and you know, and these these programs are good. Um, and you need to make sure at the end of the day, you're, if you apply for a job at a video game company, no one cares about your diploma. They, they just care the, the, the skills that you learn to get that diploma. Right. So <laughs> that would, that would be my advice. Awesome. And I, you know, we actually have, uh, we have an esports team here and along with that, they've actually, uh, started doing a, kind of dipping their toes into the idea of design as well. Oh, um, so we actually have a full like lab here for our esports team and they've done a little bit of that as well. You know, and that's not to say the skills can't cross over because, you know, a designer with a great art background is fantastic. Anyone with a coding background. Awesome. Right. You know, so the more you can learn and, and it, the better. Absolutely. So then I've been ending all of these with the same exact question. It's gotten me some really interesting answers. <laughs> um, and, you know, with the invite advice you just gave looking at, um, you know, the high school version of yourself, what yeah. advice do you wish that somebody had given you about, you know, not even just the career fields you're in now about college or careers or life? Wow. You know, it, it's, I, I think in my head, I have this conversation a lot, you know, going back to old me and, and you know, and the thing is, I would basically say, don't change who you are for anybody. You are, you like your interests or your, what the things you like, the clothes you wear, the music you listen to, that is who you are. And that stuff is going to define if, if you're happy with that, then you're going to be happy with yourself. You're going to be happy in whatever job you do. 
And so I, it's funny because I go back, I would go back and say, you know what, don't change anything, but it's going to be okay. You know, I think that that's where I think really what I'd have to say. That's awesome. Well, again, Emil, I wanted to thank you again for taking the my time pleasure. to speak to me today. You know, my kids definitely appreciate it. And so do I. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right, you too. Take care. Want to do again, you know, say thank you to Emil for taking the time to talk to me. Um, again, thank you to those of you who have stuck around and listened. Um, if you're coming back to us here after the holidays and, you know, the end of January, I've got some pretty good people lined up uh, to talk to here coming up. We're going to kind of shift to a Tuesday, Thursday uh, release for the rest of this. Um, you know, again, just if you have any suggestions for guests or anybody, you know, you may know who would be great on here. Uh, please feel free to reach out. All of our information is included in the bio for this episode. Um, thanks again for listening. Everybody have a great day.